Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. So I've been looking at the movies. Right, right. Have no desire to see any of them. So what in the world did you see? Well, um, I had a little bit of time on my hand this weekend, so I just saw all of them. No, you didn't. <laughs> I I just went, well, haven't seen that one. So I saw Downton Abbey, Ad Astra, and Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> Which I it it's I think the last time I did that, I was in college. Everyone had went home for Christmas and I I had said that I would work a couple days up there because a lot of the other students who were also working um, at the it was a video store at the time had with seen, Quentin Tarantino. No, no, he did not. He didn't happen to work. That it was a Are different you one. Sure, I okay. think I would remember. All I would right. I would drop that that story a lot <laughs> more often if that was yeah, the back case. when I was rewinding tapes with uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. <laughs> um, I I want to say it was uh, I think it was Christmas '02, and I did. Catch me if you can. Die another day in Star Trek Nemesis, like one just Boy, right Nemesis after. Was disappointing, wasn't right it? after the other. Little did I know that was potentially going to be the last time I was going to get to see them, like in live action, mm-hmm. until whenever Picard drops next year. But we're not going to talk about we're Star not. Trek. No, but I'm we just would saying. Like to just saying. And I do want you to know that I brought up to a science teacher that who was saying, well, we're going to talk about this and about that. And I said, and about how an M-class planet is a real thing? Well, it isn't yet. I mean, technically, the M-class planet is real. It's just not a classification yet. That's all. Yet. Okay, so let's start with the one I know the least about, Ad Astra. Ad Astra stars Brad Pitt, and on the very, like, very surface of it, it's Clearly, a, this is not even on my radar. It's a movie about space. It's the near future, um, and he is part of Space Command, which it doesn't go into a great deal. Is it really called Space Command? It's called Space Command. Because that kind of sounds funny. Well, it, it doesn't go into a great deal, but more or less, it, it seems like it's another branch of the military. Okay. Um, he is like a notoriously calm um, individual. Um, it, it, it's, it's a, it kind of part of like his, uh, reputation that like his pulse doesn't go above a certain rate, even in emergency situations, mm-hmm. like at the v- very beginning of it, one of the, uh, communication satellites, um, there's an electrical surge that's being caused by antimatter from one of their, uh, not deep space stations, but it's further into the solar system than, uh, they can reach at that point. Um, it's, so would you say this is the best Jamie Kennedy film you've ever seen? Uh, J- Jamie Kennedy was in it? Yes, he was Peter Bellow. He was in it so long, I didn't realize he was in it. All right. Well, I was just looking at the cast. Liv Tyler, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, you know, Jamie Kennedy. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> seem like that. That name, like, go, it's almost like the, one of these things is not like the others. So it's got a solid cast. It's, and... it's a very interesting film, though it needs to be stressed. This is space, like, more via, like, Contact or 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Now, it is not space 
through the lens of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very like talky. um, It it, it likes to to ruminate like there's there's a lot of aspirations that this film has. And at its core, it's a story about like a father's resentment toward his father's absence, which well, that sounds uplifting. Strange, strangely enough, like they decide to set in in space, like with antimatter storms that are being caused by a far station um, that they can't get to, but are threatening the the very um, things that hold the Earth together. Well, it did fairly well. It had a budget of about eighty million ish. It was expected to make between fifty and twenty million. It made nineteen point two million and was number two at the box office over its opening weekend. Yeah, did you see what took opening? Okay, we'll get to that. Okay, because, um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I was genuinely like. I'm if, just saying. If you would you have no idea, if you would have told me in 1995 <laughs> that a space movie starring Brad Pitt and Sylvester Stallone's latest Rambo movie like would go up against this, like, and how the chips would fall, I would have just been like, wait. No. Yeah, I thought it was gonna, it was gonna hang that way, and it did. But we'll save the fair enough. But I hope fair the enough. best for last is. So at Astra, of course, as you know, to the stars is what it means, right? And so, and that that is where they go. They go to the stars through difficulties. So it's really more of a drama that happens to take place in space. There, there is action in there, but. A bulk of the, I think it's like two hours and three minutes, just a, just a little bit over two hours. Most of this really is kind of introspective, and it's kind of a downer about like a father and son like relationship, about a father that really didn't care about his family as much as he did like his work. So I'm guessing there is no scene of Brad Pitt floating and chomping on potato chips like Homer Simpson did. Um, if, if they did, that'll be, that'll be on the Blu-ray, uh-huh. possibly an extended cut, awesome. but I don't, I don't think it made it to this version, this particular version of the film. Did you enjoy it? I did. Like it was, it, like I said, it, it aspired to be a lot of things. Um, and I, I kind of dig, like I had mentioned contact in 2001, like mm-hmm. I'm fans of both of those movies, but you have to be a fan of that Type of film, not just like even that genre. And you kind of have to be in the mood for that kind yeah, of movie. Yeah, it's not, you're not going to feel great like after you leave this movie, mm-hmm. but like it's very well performed. Like the cinematography is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like the film, hands down, is one of the prettiest films that I've seen this year. But like I said, it's not like, like when I saw Peanut Butter Falcon, like I just, I felt a swell of pride after I left that movie. And this like, movie just squelched all that. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is. This is not the movie I needed to see right now. Wow, this is a downer. Mm. This oh, this little, this hurts me a little bit. Oh well, space. That's nice. Look, Saturn. <laughs> oh, my heart. My heart hurts. Oh. Oh, so the father is Donald Sutherland or Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Pl- being I don't the, see that. He's just a mag. The man plays grizzled as no other. Oh yeah. Oh my good. Like he plays grizzled like Sam Elliott's mustache is a, like just the most magnificent it's the yes. it's the mufasa of mustaches yes he's you, got that you, down. you heard me tom Selleck. Uh-huh. you heard me anyway so ad astra good movie did well 
probably not going. It's PG thirteen, but I doubt the kids are going. Let's see Ad Astra. Oh yeah, this is this is not a mo- like it is an a like a film for like adults. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I would say you would you would need to be at least either either you're a very old twenty five or you need to be at least like thirty thirty five to really let this film hit you in the right way. Like it's just like I said, it's it's strange that they would have picked the backdrop of like space and antimatter and the solar system to tell this story. Um, probably could have shot it for a whole lot cheaper if you would have just set it in, you know, Nebraska. But <laughs> but they didn't. They decided to do it in space. It's a good film, but just keep in mind what you're getting into whenever you watch it. And it's not going to have like a great soundtrack and some funny asides like The Martian. It's very subtle. Uh-huh. Very subtle. Like, uh, if if you go in, you know, expecting like Brad Pitt, like in Troy, you're that's not the guy that's showing up to this. Man, like, that's a funny movie. It's it, just keep in mind what you're getting into when when you watch this. Good movie, but uh, not not going to raise your spirits. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. This time. We are reviewing three films. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens. Dose, Rambo, Last Blood. Tell me about it. It's called Last Blood, right? It is called Last Blood. Which, by the way, like, especially if you bookend it with the rest of the series, if this is, in fact, the last Rambo, and I want to say Sylvester Stallone is in his 70s, this franchise started back in the early 80s. It's a it's a four decade old franchise that has not been rebooted. I can't imagine ten years from now that we get another Rambo movie. So for all intents and purposes, this is probably it. The first film. Now, now hold on, before you tell your review, I just read. I just pulled it up to get the box office results for its opening weekend. Yeah. First headline is Rambo: Last Blood isn't just bad; it's stupid, and. Rambo creator slams Last Blood as a degrading embarrassment. So you may continue. They're not far off. Um, I I have been a a fan of the the series, like not necessarily since the the get go, because I was you know. Well, did Home Alone inspire Rambo Last Blood? It most definitely had to have. Wow. I mean, take think if if. Um, well, if 20th Century Fox still existed, um, if they were like, we're going to reboot Home Alone, but we want Martin Scorsese to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the third act of the movie. Like the the entire rest of the film, I'm and sitting, Jamie Kennedy was in it. What? No, he wasn't. OK, I was like, there's, there's no way that's true. Um, no, the first two thirds of the movie literally could be any unnamed Sylvester Stallone character from any movie he has ever done. It had absolutely no place being John Rambo. Like he's not wearing any of like the iconic like outfits. Like he's not running around in a jungle. Like he's not going around in a forest. He's not like shooting arrows at anything like, Hmm. and these are kind of the, the quintessential, like the body count isn't just rising and rising and rising. Like, Rambo 2 basically created like the action, the action cliche mm-hmm. that and Commando really are responsible for the action movies that went into, I'd say about the mid nineties, like probably 
camping off with maybe true lies, I'm thinking. But like there I'm just sitting here going, why is this a Rambo movie? Oh, I am saying he's he's cer- he's just kind of solving a crime. Like huh. this this could have so been So it's like, kind of like Rambo Colombo. This this could have or well I was going to go Matlock. with I was going to go with Murder She Wrote. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, sure. Yeah, I was going to say like a a south of the border Murder She Wrote. Hmm. But yeah, yours works too. Well, it only cost 50 million to make. It's made 19 million. I would assume by the end of its run, it will at least make back the money. And I mean, it it will inevitably be put into some kind of like you know five disc yes. like like they'll they'll pad this out. They'll sell some more copies of the first four Rambo's. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is not until the last third of the movie where he lures all the bad guys back to his house where he has set traps for them. Well, that sounds cool. There's even a scene where he lays it all out. Now he doesn't do it in crayon. Like Kevin McAllister. Okay. But they are right on the... When I was watching this movie, I even tilted my head slightly and went, are are they paying homage to Home Alone? Because, I mean, like... it. But think instead if whenever, like, Harry and Marv get struck in the head with the paint can, and they're like, ooh, ow, uh, Marv, that hurts, ha, 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 ha. Um, no, like, it's, uh, he's using, like, rusty nails, and whenever it impales somebody, they die. Or and if gives they, them tetanus. Or if they don't, he gets his knife, and he shoves it through their jugular. And gives and them tetanus. And now they're dead. They with don't, tennis. I mean, they do, but, like, <laughs> they, don't, they don't live long enough to suffer from it. I'm just, like, he brutally kills Everyone, and I mean everyone, in the last third of this movie. Well, I looked at the cast. I knew absolutely no one except Besides him. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yes. It's not. That's how they kept it, the, the budget. Uh-huh. They, all of the casting money went to Sylvester Stallone in agreement that he will say that he is John Rambo, despite the fact that he's really not Rambo for most, like even Rambo 4. That guy was still like he was an older John Rambo, but like I didn't have any any trouble saying, yeah, this is definitely a Rambo movie. The second and third Rambo's the first like all of those movies felt like Rambo movies. This movie really didn't kick in until about like 20, 30 minutes before it was over. At any point, did he tie something around his head? No, that's what I'm like. All of the things that like. Okay, if I said Arnold's doing a new Terminator movie, at some point you expect he's probably going to be in sunglasses, mm-hmm. say, I'll be back and have a leather coat, right? Yes. Also, maybe a shotgun or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would that would be like if he didn't, he showed up in like Bermuda it's like shorts. Batman without his cape. Bermuda shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. And like he had a pair of reading glasses and he killed no one. You'd just be like, well, that's strange. This. This doesn't feel like the Terminator that I am accustomed to. Hmm. So, um, don't run out to see Rambo? If if you do, skip the entire first hour of the movie. Okay. It's unnecessary. All it is is to set up a, a, a motivation for him to kill. So, I mean, just plug in any reason you want why he needs to murder these guys. The last, like I said, 20, 30 minutes... Is, is the part that you want to see. Like, it's the actual Rambo part of it. I don't I don't know if he had shot another movie that Lionsgate decided not to release, so they just edited in him saying that his name was John Rambo in there. <laughs> and they're just like, you know what would make people go see this? And this way we won't have to release it straight to, like, Redbox or something. Let's call it Rambo. 
Last Blood. Which is, again, a great name, but not a great Rambo movie. I see. For for all intents and purposes, I'm still going to say the first Rambo is the best Rambo. I did enjoy it. This one was easily my least favorite of the Rambo movies. Like your Tito. Sure. Yeah. 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 If we're going to go Jackson 5, yeah. Sure. This is this is my this is the Tito of Rambo movies. Okay. If you're a completionist, you need to see all the Rambo movies, go see it. But understand that like he's only John Rambo really for about a third of this movie. Okay. If if not slightly less. Now, we'll get to the shocking the shocking number 1 for you, not so much for me. Downton Abbey over 30 million dollars took the weekend beat Ad Astra by nearly $10 million. Uh-huh. And this is probably surprising, but 74% of the audience was female. 60% were aged 35 or older. Oh, that... And... The, the theater that I saw wait, it in skewered, skewered a little bit older there. And the showings after 8 p.m., not many attended. I, I will tell you this, somebody's um, somebody's hearing aid started beeping <laughs> while we were there. And like, if it gives you any idea of the, I, I was probably the youngest person in the theater by at least 15 years. Like, now, I'm going to assume you have never seen Downton Abbey. I haven't. Okay, I'm going to give you just a little touch. Now, I loved it because I grew up watching PBS stuff. It is like upstairs, downstairs, and all that. All kinds of BBC, like PBS. Yeah. So that kind of stuff appealed to me. But you'll appreciate this. In the first season, it opens with the reading of a telegram where these two guys have died on what? The Titanic. So already you know where it is. And that changes who owns the house and who is the who is the heir. So that's where it starts. It starts with the Titanic. And much like, oh, let's go with season one of Game of Thrones. Do, 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 do. Main character, dead. What? Oh. It's, oh, what? There, there's a lot of like, they are the heir to this. Uh-huh. Like, I am the lord of this. It Picture instead of like it, Game of Thrones, but instead it's played by the elder cast of harry potter mm-hmm. um pretty th- much yeah. there's there's not really any violence um there are a not lot a- of wickedly wickedly funny asides by oh there's there's the a great there's, maggie there's much wit and oh yeah she probably she's, my favorite awesome. my favorite character in the movie who again also was in harry potter exactly um but like i said it's i i i never would have expected that this is a film that i would have seen in theaters um I haven't avoided the show because, like, I was just opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Just for whatever reason, um, I didn't. Well, what's fascinating about the show, on another level, other than a, an entertainment level, they went to great lengths to recreate the the costuming and to be precise on everyone who was in the house and to be precise on their job. So, of course, I know you let your butler go a few years ago. It's been, yeah, yeah, it's been a couple of years. And it just is fascinating to realize that there was a time when moneyed people had such a grand house, there's no way they could do it on their own, and they had people who lived there 
all the time. And there were the upstairs people and the downstairs people. I'm not talking slavery or anything. These were employed people, and it was fascinating, all of the rules and what they had to do and how they had to dress. And the times so, that they had to, yeah. Yes, and so what Downton Abbey does, before you go, eh, it takes you through all these great events in history. So I remember in particular, because my grandmother, who was born in 1899, had told me a similar story, how in the 20s, she bobbed her hair, and that was scandalous. And so to cut your hair at that point was like, oh, ladies, don't do that. So it was just interesting to see. It's like when they'd have to yes. shoot Elvis from like the uh -huh. waist up because they were like, well, we can't show that kind of thing on television. What what sort of smut is that? So it's just really well done if you find that kind of thing interesting. And I, I like that it's very well detailed. And it's it, tremendously well performed. Like the yes. costumes are, are definitely one of the high. I mean, it's just it's just it's very I mean, just ornate. Like so, in, the, it doesn't seem like they spared like any detail. There so what especially. happened with the family is, in order to keep it in the family at the time, there had to be a male heir. But it went to this this family who only had daughters, so they had to marry off the oldest, and she was not all about that. And they find someone who can do it, and then she does happen to marry him. And then, of course, he gets killed off in season one. Spoiler, it was years ago. So then it's about this family and keeping the manor going in as much as they can, but realizing that things are drastically different, like when they put in a telephone. So when I left the story on the TV, it was really just them trying to stay together as a family and recognizing that the world was a much different place from where they all grew up. And overseeing it all was the original lady of the manor, the lovely, lovely um, McGonagall, Professor McGonagall. Yes, which is her, her name in, in real life. <laughs> yes, they called her that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, McGonagall. No, she she really is like one of the, the best parts. Like every time she's on the screen, like – you you really are engaged. And that's not to say that nobody else is putting in any performances that are worth anything, but she really is at the point like in her career that like she un understands her craft so mm -hmm. well, like she knows how to pause on a word yeah, or Maggie how to, Smith. how to linger with a look like she, she really is just incredible. And uh, Dolores Umbridge also mm -hmm. the actress I, I, whose name I, I don't recall right off the top of my head is also in the movie. Which kind of delighted me on a very like odd side note that I'm just like, ooh, Harry Potter, because it's it if, if you're if you're unaware of the the show or in this case the movie, um, it's very British. Mm -hmm. It's all oh, kinds yeah. of British. Yeah. Um, well, her husband is the guy in real life. That actress's husband is the guy that played the elder butler. Whose character name I've forgotten, but he was the butler. Carson? Yes, think, he, yeah. she, he played Carson. She's yeah. married to Carson in real life. Oh, that's okay. Well, right. that, I, I, I believe that. I could say, that is definitely a couple that I'd buy. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed the TV show. And yes, in the soap opera, I know, but it's a soap opera with um, facts, 
actual facts. Well, and I mean, and it is. They it, do a really good job of making something interesting that in the wrong hands mm-hmm. would be very mundane and boring. A so majority. What is what? What? When does it take place? I'm assuming it's 19, continuing. I think uh, 1927. Because ah, I, I think is when this, um, is is when they they mention because like they're talking about you know like uh, back during the war or mm-hmm. so like um, and the king and queen are making a tour uh, ah. through this particular part and they will be staying one of the nights at Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. which is that that's kind of your central thrust for all of it. So all of the relationships that are built, any of the storylines. Everything kind of ties into that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have like servants that are being upset because the the king's um, servants are going to be coming in and they're being told that they don't need to do anything. They won't be needed that night. They're kind of taking a little bit of umbrage with mm-hmm. it. And like I said, on, on paper, this is not something that you would normally think of as something grand that needs to be put into a film. Like, you know, like at stopping asteroids from hitting Earth. Blah, you know, like that's. That's a movie idea. Right. But it's the execution of this. Like, it's the wit of the characters. It's the mm-hmm. dialogue. It's the pacing. Like, it's the performances that sell this. Because, like I said, if if you do this wrong, like, you want to stop watching it after about three minutes. Probably around season two of Downton Abbey, I noticed there were many, many YouTube videos of, you know, just watching people watch when you knew that a main character was going to get killed off or something and just it they're fabulously funny so having watched it does it make you want to watch the series um i i was not i I would not be opposed to it like the i I think i probably missed a lot of the relationships or some Mm -hmm. of the more subtle things that were going on there because i'm not i'm not informed by that right like i didn't go into it like Having seen, you know, like have a relentless knowledge or, you know, an exhaustive like understanding of all like the characters relationships. It was just a as a two hour film. It made enough sense to me that like I didn't feel lost despite the fact that I didn't know all of this. But after having seen it and seeing like a lot of the interplay between the characters, it's not something that I'd be opposed to. Mm hmm. But again, much in the way that like Ad Astra, you really have to be in the mood for that type of movie. Downton Abbey will not be everybody's cup of tea. Right. <laughs> um, it, like I said, it's it's extensively British. Like there's not any kind of crass humor uh, in it. And the uh, there's a the lifted demogra- eyebrow, a turn of a yeah, heel. I, that's what I'm saying. Like there's no pies to the face. Like nobody's getting like, you know, a football to the crotch. Like there's there's none of that. Like if there is any humor in it, it's going to be very dry. Um, and it's going to be very uh, like, you know, uh, over the pond. Yes, as it's well. quite delicious. Yeah. So because I have such an affinity for British television, it's I put off watching it. Because I knew it would suck me in when everyone's going, oh, haven't you seen this? It's like, no, no, I just don't have time. And the minute I started watching it, it was just, I was a goner. I mean, and again, like, it's it's a it's a movie that is very mundane on the surface and still managed a $30 million opening mm-hmm. against a Sylvester Stallone Rambo sequel and a Brad Pitt, like, like starring film. Like, 
that's no small feat in and of itself. And I'm going to say that for your average American movie viewer, they would recognize Maggie Smith, maybe Hugh Bonneville. Maybe, yeah. But the others, they're probably not going to instantly recognize them. And so for an American audience, this isn't a huge starring vehicle. So that in itself is amazing to get people who are over 35 to willingly leave their homes to go to a theater no less uh-huh is a is an interesting and daunting feat in and of itself which makes me wonder does that mean that has much like crazy rich asians where they go oh we can cast non-white people and people will still show up is it like we can cast people who are not all under the age of 30 and people will show up well, I mean, it and I maybe it's because it's a little bit harder to like plug in the demographic like the the secret to both of those particular ones that you mentioned was the quality yes. of the films like you can plug all of the Asians or the Brits or like African American. You can you can plug in any demographic or ethnicity you want to. But if the the film is not a quality film, either you're going to have a big opening weekend and then it's going to drop off. Or just nobody's going to show up to it in the first place. Downton Abbey worked because it's actually a good movie. Mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Asians worked because it was actually a good movie. It has nothing to do with any of like, you know, you know, doing this, casting this type of person. Mm-hmm. Statistically, All this is going to be. All good movies come down to the story. If, if your movie's not good, like, you, again, maybe you can get a good opening weekend. But after word gets out, after that Rotten Tomato score, or people are just like telling each other, yeah, skip it. This this isn't any good. Your your movie will not make money. So at, at the end of the day, and, and this may come to a surprise to some film studios, having a good film, a quality film, is often how you make money. I would think. Harder harder to program, but like just get talented people, good actors, good writers, yeah. give them money to do it, and then sit back. And count the more monies. Yeah. So... I'm going to assume that this was left. There are so many characters of so many different ages. You could pick up a story at any point. So I'm going to assume there is some closure, but there is also an opening for them to Downton Abbey this or that. Yeah, this was not a conclusive like it like Downton Abbey is not destroyed at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. Like it's not struck by an asteroid or whatever, like a. There's there's no like missiles or lasers that destroy it. So like if we needed like, you know, Downton Abbey like two or whatever or whatever, you know, because it, it, it's making money mm-hmm. um, and much in the same way that a, a lot of other films that had successful TV series like run into it. Like if they wanted to and they don't like make these two hundred million dollar spectacles like you can do a couple of Downton Abbeys in the same way that they've been making Star Trek films since 1978. Now, you or... probably didn't realize this. It, its major opening was this weekend. But the British opening was last weekend. And to celebrate that in our town for $25, you had a special opening in which it wasn't Rocky Horror, but people got dressed up as Downton Abbey people to attend. Actually, I almost went to it until I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know um, what any of them dress like." And I thought <laughs> I thought about just showing up, like 
you know, as Gandalf or <laughs> in a Star Trek uniform just to be like, oh, or you, that must be next Thursday. You could have Harry Potter it and said, oh, I heard Maggie Smith was in it. Well, you got a really great big scar on me forehead. Is that, <laughs> is that not the British? Isn't it about? A ruddy great big scar. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I think he calls it. Uh, yeah. It's I a really so. really great big so scar. So out of all the movies you saw, which one did you enjoy the most? I probably liked Ad Astra the most. Um, but I, I would say for the, the general film-going public, Downton Abbey is going to be your safer bet. It's not. There's not a wealth of stuff on at the theater right now. So it's not a huge downer like Ad Astra. Th- that's, that's your catch right there. Like Downton Abbey is actually kind of fun. Like it, it's not too serious. Well, I can imagine. With and, the queen and king visiting. And <gasps> at, the, at the end of the day, like I said, it's kind of a, a fun little... Fun little movie. It's mm-hmm. funny in most places. It's it's mildly dramatic, but it, I mean, it, like I said, at the end of the day, it's it's fun, and you didn't waste two hours. Mm-hmm. At Astra, it's a good movie, but you need to keep in mind what you're getting into when you're watching that movie. And uh, honest to goodness, just go watch another Ram. Just go watch another. Go back and watch Creed two. Like you don't, <laughs> you really don't need to watch it. Wait till like the Red Box comes out. Like, get it, fast forward up to like 20 to 30 minutes before it's over and just watch that. But like, they they wasted one of the most iconic American, like, cinematic characters on what really just felt like it could have been a, a straight to DVD movie. That's like, I just, like I said, the Rocky really, like, Creed finding his place there like I, i've really enjoyed those movies like i i whenever i reviewed creed 2 like yes you were I beside just, yourself i genuinely enjoyed that movie but like with this it it just it felt like a cash grab it did not feel inspired and i i know stallone gotta eat but mm. I, I i don't know like i said when you're dealing with a character like your john mcclain's your rambos like your terminators these are icons of the cinema and whenever you use them to poor effect, much in the same way that they did with John McClane in A Good good mm-hmm. Day to Die Hard, um, I really would have just rather that they not made another mm, one. Like, it true. just, for for as clever as the original Die Hard was, like, for what a piece of cinema the original Rambo was, like, I didn't need the last entries in these. And, like, they, they really left me at the point that I was like, okay. Maybe I don't need any more stories with these characters. <laughs> so what is on the horizon next week? Because we're about to start to get more and not better I mean, movies, not, but movies well, no, sometimes, we're excited to see. Some Sometimes it does mean better movies. Yeah, sometimes. Like sometimes it doesn't. It does. I know there's a Terminator coming out in October. Yes. And it's uh, almost it's, October. Yeah, dark, dark Fate. But it's not, not quite there yet. Um, we have Abominable. And, and that's a cartoon. Yeah. That's the one about the abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. And Judy, which is ah, about... Judy Garland. Uh-huh. Played by Renee Zellweger. Oh, yeah. So that that's going to be fun for me. Um, <laughs> now, here's a question. So you can Google that while I'm wondering. Renee Zellweger. Wegger. Wigger. Wagger. Renee... Z, uh, she did her own singing in Chicago, lest you forget that. Is she 
doing her own singing as Judy Garland, or is it one of is it like a Bohemian Rhapsody type of thing where they mix them, or is it a lip sync thing because Judy Garland is with, you with, know with Chicago she didn't have to have a certain sound like right Judy Garland really specific Judy Garland the really not even Liza Minnelli really even sounds like no she Judy Gar- man we are skewering out of our comfort zone normally. Avengers, Star Wars, and Star Trek. Oh, we've hit Judy Garland, <laughs> like the BBC. Like, Let me bring up Slim Pickens. We're, I, I'm telling you, like we're all <laughs> over the place today. Um, I would bet it's probably a combination of the two, just because, like I said, Judy Garland is one of the only people that really sounds like. So, unless she has a vocal like quality about her that I'm unaware of, it's probably both. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about this movie besides. That it's I was about, going to ask, is it the crazy Judy? It's about Judy Garland, and it stars Renee Zellweger. Well, I happen to know an inordinate amount of Judy Garland trivia. And um, actually, there is a Baxter-adjacent Judy Garland connection. Baxter, I'm, Tennessee. I'm listening. Um uh, I want to say one of her husbands was from Bas- Baxter. That's... Mm-hmm. It's one of those things you just didn't know, did you? No. <sighs> I mean, to be fair, I don't know a lot of Judy Garland facts. Oh, I, I... Here, let me throw them at you. This one always fascinated me. Judy Garland's parents divorced. Her father was gay. Judy Garland, one or two of her husbands happened to be gay. And Liza Minnelli married Peter Allen, who happens to be gay. And that fascinated me. That, that apparently it's hereditary to do that? Yes. I just, I, I found that. It's like, you just wouldn't think that was a thing, but it was in their family. Uh, and it fascinated me. And Judy Garland, it is the story of what happened to her as a child, becoming the, the woman that she became. It's actually sickening. Yeah. When you think about it, because she was an incredibly talented, lovely little girl, and she happened to luck into Wizard of Oz, and that made her explode. But she grew up in the the system. She was in the movie studio system, and in the system, you have to go out with this person, not that person. You're too fat. You have to work all day. You have to do this. So she was riddled with pills. And to make her, sure that she yes. could, yeah. And her own mother, this blows my mind, her own mother insisted she abort her first child with her husband because it would mess up her career timing. I mean, terrible, terrible for an individual, but like... That's probably part of what makes like shooting a movie about her life, I, I mm-hmm. like in, interesting. Just because, like I said, she she lived a life, and I, like I'm not I'm not glorifying or agreeing or saying any right. of that toward that. But I'm just saying, like who who has a decision to make like that, or, or decisions that she had to make, especially at that like the age she was, or for the reasons that she had to. Right, and. See if you agree on this, because I think you will. There's a quality about Marilyn Monroe that is, I think, why most people think she is so incredibly beautiful. 
and she is. But there's also a quality of helplessness about her, just the way she looks at you, where you feel that, oh, if only I could have helped her. And there's just, there's this innate sadness in her. That, it, spe- that, it speaks to maybe some yes. empathy, like in... And Judy Garland, you can hear it in her voice, especially from like the ages of 18 on. And you can, you can see it. The, the, you can just see it. And her voice is extraordinary. And yet it's heartbreaking when you see what she was at age 11 and how she developed into, I think she died, she was like 47, 48. It was, yeah, she was not old. Yeah. And it was because it wasn't an overdose or anything. It's like her heart gave out, but she at the time was very thin. She was constantly taking Ritalin to be thin because heaven forbid she gained a few pounds. And she, she was back and forth with pills and alcohol and this and that. But at the same time, the cast that she worked with and the crew adored her. She had a filthy mouth, a filthy sense of humor, and they loved her. I would say there are some parallels that you could draw between like Michael Jackson's like life and just like mm-hmm. the things that he he suffered through because of I, I get extreme like extreme talent. Really. Yeah. Like he was extremely talented, but at the same time like end of that he was being made to do things that like you normally like an eight-year-old wouldn't have to do right. and it was you know at the cost even like his his strained relationship with his parents mm-hmm. um and and again like the, the the two of them you know took drastically different uh lives but i would just say like they they their lives were complicated a lot because of their tremendous talent okay so this is what the movie is about it takes place when... It it's takes, Judy Dench. I'm sorry. It's, a, it's about her life. <laughs> it takes place a year or two before she dies. Maybe it's just a few months before she dies. I forget. But she goes to London to perform at London at the Talk of the Town nightclub. And so she is reminiscing with her friends and and fans and her soon-to-be fifth husband. She's just reminiscing. So that's going to tell the story of Judy. So that means... Flashbacks. It's going to be flashbacks, but that also means that the Judy telling the story is potentially the crazy strung-out Judy or crazy strung-out Judy who has just stopped doing all that stuff. Because I know there were many times she would go into rehab and and, and lose that. So From from an actor's standpoint, that's probably yes. the more interesting of the Judys to play. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be, uh, I think it has the opportunity to be fascinating. It also has the opportunity for Renee to be, you know, just vilified. Yeah. Uh, like she was vilified for her accent on Bridget Jones and she's going to be vilified because her, I, her face does look weird since the surgery. I just don't recognize her. But anyway. Well, one way or another, it's coming out. It is coming out and I hope it is as interesting as it has the potential to be. I'll give it that. All right. All right. So that's, that's that. So now I'd like to watch it right now, actually. Give me my thought. But anyway, um, that's about it. And what's the other movie you said? Uh, Abominable. And then the week after that, Joker. Ah, that's 
It's more R. Which I'm going to go ahead and say, like, if if what I am reading is is proper, and we we're I'm sure we'll go into it later when it actually like releases, but like I don't see this thing not opening huge. huge. Yeah, like I'm sure. talking like ninety. If if a movie about like the scary clown and it can open to a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. I don't see any reason Joker doesn't do at least 80, 90 million dollars. But having not even seen it, looking at the timing, when you have someone portraying somebody else in a film, especially during a case of the crazies, that's usually Oscar nominee time. Well, and he also has the benefit of not following a beloved Joker. Like I was talking about Judy, but whatever. Oh, well, I, okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were still talking about the Joker. But yeah, the Joker as well. That well, I mean, be. they're also saying that like yeah. he gives quite the... Like Jared Leto gave a it's kind of a... Nut job, isn't he? He, I mean... Does he hang around with Joaquin Phoenix? Probably. And just go, what crazy thing we're going to do next? Let's call they the just, boof. They've got a wheel. And they, just, <laughs> they spin it. Like he got to follow that guy's Joker. And I have literally never heard anybody say, Jared Leto is my Joker. Like... Whereas in like hashtag not my Joker, Heath Ledger got to follow Jack Nicholson. That that guy had all kinds Mm -hmm. of, or I mean, like even if you don't want to do it that way, he had to follow Mark Hamill's Joker on Batman the Animated Series. Like he had, he He had had to follow Cesar Romero's Joker. He had an uphill climb, and like he won like a Best Supporting Actor for it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in like Joaquin Phoenix is going into it, and the last one. The the last iteration of this character worked out so poorly, like, that Batman isn't here anymore, that Joker isn't here anymore, and they've basically rebu- rebooted that universe. Interesting. I look forward to seeing it. Anyway, that's all coming. Maybe you can watch three more movies this coming weekend. I would love to see something I've never heard of and have you talk about how bad it is. It's, uh, well, you know, if I got some time this weekend, it, it may just happen. Oh, that's that's my fairy godmother. I had uh, I am late for the ball. Bippity-boppity-boo. Thanks for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.